I'd like to tell you about the strangest secret in the world. You go inside the cage. Cage goes in the water. You go in the water. Sharks in the water. Our shark. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. sail back to Boston. So never more shall we see you again. Shortly to see you again. You're listening to A Mind Revolution. Leading you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time. Across the salt sea, till we strike soundings in the channel of old England, from Hushin to Sicily. Hey there, everyone. I'm PT Pop on a Mind Revolution, leading you out of the rabbit hole, one grain of truth at a time. And today on our show, we've got very talented Anna Kelberg Kim. And before I get to her, let me just remind you, I've got a new documentary, <laughs> Road to Forgiveness, which is not a biographical documentary about being raised in poverty by two alcoholic parents in my journey towards finding forgiveness t- towards each of them. So check it out. It's online for free on YouTube. Today is February 2nd is Groundhog Day. You can't see it out there, but I've got a picture of Bill Murray on the wall to commemorate Groundhog Day. Today, I've got an excellent guest. I've got Anna Kelberg Kim. Anna, Anna Kelber Kim is an entertainment attorney. Kim is an Ohio licensed attorney who focuses her practice on intellectual property and entertainment law. She represents a diverse roster of clients that includes music artists, producers, record labels, literary artists, visual artists, filmmakers, performers, and performing arts organizations. You can find out more about her law, legal services at Kelberg law.com. Yeah, I'll leave a link for it in the description. Anna, thanks for being here today. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm glad you, you made it here safely. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. Thank you so much for the intro. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I made it fine. Oh, good. <laughs> it's a very nice day for the Groundhog Day. <laughs> yes, it gives me hope. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. Maybe he sees a shadow and there's uh, which which one is it? He Sees it and there's no more winter after or the winter's cut short or something or well, keeping my fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm tired of the cold weather. During that big spell around Christmas, our furnace pretty much died. So we all hunkered down classic. in one room. Yeah. It's a classic <laughs> Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio winter. Yeah. As you can tell there there's an accent. Anna has a beautiful accent. And uh she was originally grew up in the Soviet Union, is that correct? Yes. Yes. I we immigrated here in 1989, um, and by then uh, I was a young adult, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I grew up in the Soviet Union, and my exposure to arts and artists all of, of all sorts pretty much started in my youth. In my childhood, my family <clears throat> were uh, 
pianists, educators, uh, performing artists. Wow. Uh, and I grew up in arts-rich environment with all their friends being all kind, all sorts of arts, visual artists, dancers, uh, ballet dancers, musicians. So it's uh, it was it was my world. So wow. I was very much familiar with that, with the language of it. <clears throat> and um, <coughs> yes, so when I got here, naturally, uh, I thought that's how my exposure to arts will continue. Mm-hmm. You start uh, off violin. You're you're a classically trained violinist, uh, yes, and uh, violinist and pianist. So that's that was kind of the old school uh, setup. Mm-hmm. You're born into musical family. You ought to end up being a musician and an artist. Sure, so you sure. really no choice there. And so I was studying to become a professional musician um, yeah. in U.S. When we immigrated here, I did not want to continue so much, just probably knowing what it takes to be a professional artist, a professional creator mm-hmm. in general. It, it's, it takes a lot of work. And mm-hmm. I, I was on the lazy side, to be honest. I you didn't were? want to continue. <laughs> Never picture you being lazy. Six, well, it's <laughs> six hours of practice a day or, you know, you know how it goes. And you are a musician also. Sure, for, sure. You can't just be great without... Oh yeah. Without putting sweat and blood into it. Is there somebody in your family that that is your inspiration that inspired you to get into is there one person I guess that inspired you to get into the arts? My dad's family, so mostly my my dad's family, everyone and mm-hmm. each of them they were all musicians. Wow. Yes. And, so I knew if if had we stayed in Soviet Union, I would be playing in the orchestra or oh. working as an educator or yeah. So that was my life. Would have been. Yeah. Um, and here I um, I just decided to switch gears a little bit. I went um, when I went to college. I graduated as a music therapist. Did you really? Uh, but yes. Oh. Uh, yes. And um, I also did not want to stay in that field. Um, and then a couple of years after um, I worked as a music therapist, I decided to go into law school <laughs> and just, um, you know, explore that field. Now, how did you pick law? What made you go, this is, this is what I want to do? I was very interested in in law. Hmm. I became very interested in law. I don't remember why. I can't. I can't tell you why. Yeah. I was never yeah. interested in law when I was growing up. Yeah, yeah. I was never interested in law when I went to, uh, when I d- did my undergrad. I don't remember what switched gears. I, I just wanted to go into law and I really loved it. Uh, I continued playing, but not professionally. Sure. Of course. Yeah. So... Now, when you you don't do litigation, though, you you don't go to court to fight copyright well, laws. What, what? No, no. Um, in the past, when um, I did other areas of law, I did domestic relations, I did workman's comp. That's what I started with. Oh, okay. I didn't start working in in entertainment law right away. 
uh, what led me to it is pretty much my son who kind of became an artist in his early years. Mm -hmm. He was 10 when he started composing. And then uh, he put together a band. Does he play guitar? No, he's a, a piano, keys, vocal. Okay, all right. So I think around when he was 12, uh-huh. they put together a band. Um, they had a lot of original music, him and the other three boys. Uh, and they started releasing it. And I'm like, okay, what are we going to do now? And I had, mm. I didn't know much about um, creators' rights. Mm-hmm intellectual property, copyright, trademark, and even though I, I did practice law, but I never came close to those issues. And I'm like, okay, now it's out and open. His music is out there. Mm-hmm. How do we protect it? And that's where it all began. I kind of immersed myself into, into the artist world from the legal point of view. So you're there to help your son out too like with legal ramifications yeah yeah yes so it's great to have your mother in in your corner as your attorney i would think did you did you represent him or manage him or are you allowed to do stuff mostly manage and there was not much to represent yeah honestly uh he just continued making music he continued to he started producing music working with other people so call me and say okay am i doing it right and yeah yeah enter into different agreements but it was later on obviously when his music became more um, like more professional sound. Okay. Yeah. He had a more polished sound. Yes. No, I know what you mean. I mean, when he, he, he probably started off, he's a little bit of rough around the edges. Yeah. And then when he got a more polished professional sound. Yes. Is when things probably, it's like with most of us, like I started off, my music was just horribly constructed and I hear it now and I cringe and, and, <laughs> Um, but it's probably it probably happens with all musicians. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, many of my clients, they also say the same thing, even if they listen to themselves like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I would think it was a great sound, you know, from my point of view. But they ca- I cannot listen to myself. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all like that. I I hate hearing myself. I w- I'm working on a song right now, a cover tune by James Taylor called You Can Close Your Eyes. Mm-hmm. And I want this uh, singer here in Cleveland named Katie or Kate to to do harmonies on it. And then I heard the recording and I was going to send her and I went, oh my God, I'm flat. Everything that you say, I can understand because I'm, I come from the oh, yeah. musical background. So it's... It's kind of I speak your language also. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I still play. And if I if if I want to play something that I hear and it doesn't come out right, it drives me crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it can drive you keep you up at night. I yes. heard people like John Lennon. He hated his voice. Really? And I didn't he, know that. He, he wanted. Well, to, I know you're a Beatles fan. Yeah, <laughs> and he was quoted as saying he wanted to cover his voice up with ketchup. Or do something to alter it. That's why he changed his voice so much in the recording studio. Um, that's what I've read. I mean, huh. and and I hear myself because I, I love James Taylor and I think, oh, how does he sing like that? I mean, and granted, he's probably had lessons, but he just has a natural yeah. ability to sing with such warmth and mm-hmm. happiness. 
I'm like, how does he do that? And I can't, I can't figure, I just got to be me. God's gift. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what, okay. So you, you get calls. So you get a call from somebody that needs assistance. What's a typical day like for you? What, what do you do to help an artist? What, what is the, the job description? Not the job description, but what do you do with, with somebody that calls you? It depends. Depends on, on, client depends on the issues mm-hmm. like, like you said in the introduction i represent variety of clients variety of disciplines and mm-hmm. arts yeah so and yes in in general it all has to do with protecting your rights under the copyright or under the trademark if it's a business or if it's a brand like i said it can be any it can be any kind of client on that list. So, but mostly my work involves writing contracts, reviewing contracts, licensing the rights, some, some of administration for the musicians, like music administration, um, the works administration. Mm -hmm. Is there a typical, is there um, a typical question that you get or concern when someone calls? Mm -hmm. No, there is no typical Okay. No, it's it can be review my contract and mm-hmm. explain to me in lay terms, or it can be I need to trademark the title of my book, or I need to trademark my company, or I need to copyright my music or my works or the manuscripts. How do I do it? And then for me, the question is, who is the owner? So it can be more than one owner. Who mm-hmm. did you talk to before? Did you sign any kind of agreements mm-hmm. where you gave away your rights? And oftentimes, artists don't even know, um, especially the startup artists. I mean, do they? They may not know if they gave up, gave away their rights under the contract. Sure. Or have calls. Uh, let's say a writer that works. It just I'm just giving you an example. Sure, sure. That works for publication and success, and he or she would say, "Everything that I wrote should belong to me." Mm-hmm. And. It's not the case because they were writing for an employer or maybe they were working sure. on work for hire agreements. So it, it, these are all the nuances that many artists do not pay attention to. But when they call me, I'm glad they call me that something caught their eye and they didn't follow through and making a mistake. <laughs> so do you find like when I first started writing songs, I didn't even know what a copyright form was. And I didn't know the back then. I think they're still called a perform PR, a PR form PR or something. Performing rights, performing rights, or performing arts PA. And I'm like, what is this? And I got to fill this out and send it to Washington D.C. I mean, do you find a lot of artists are just clueless? Not, not. I don't mean to be derogatory because I was. There was a time. Do people call you and say, "What do I do?" Yeah. And you know, uh, how do I do? I need to copyright. A lot of people don't think they need to copyright. Yeah. Do do does everybody need yeah. to copyright their work? Absolutely. Yeah. How does that protect somebody? You are under the copyright once the work becomes tangible. So it's copywritten, but it's not registered. Mm-hmm. So you need to register your work with the U.S. Copyright Office in order for that to 
have validity. To make it tangible. No, no, it's it, oh, it's already tangible. I see what you mean. Validity in terms of if you to establish your ownership, mm-hmm. to establish your ownership in public eye, in order to provide public record, in if 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 you work is being infringed, in order for you to bring the lawsuit, it has to be under the registration with the copyright office. Otherwise, you can't bring it into the court. Into the court. Oh. So and the. Public record is very important. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to use your work, because your work is probably out there the, through the internet dissemination or any kind of distribution. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if someone likes to work and wants to use it, and if they have good motive mm-hmm. and ask your permission, if they can use it, they can go into their copyright database and see if that work is registered and whether it's registered under your name so they can find you. There could be many other, many entities or parties that do not have an ill motive mm-hmm. to steal somebody's work. So, so you make it easier for others. So when I first started out, other musicians said, all you've got to do is record the song Put it on a cassette and mail it to yourself, yeah. and you're, that that'll protect you. Is that true? No, it will not protect you. Okay. It, yes, like I said, it has to be a public record. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that that um, try to circumvent the system and and do it that way. This is 30 years ago, but I don't know if people still mail them or their own songs to them. But it's it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Do you what What do you think is the most interesting part of your job? Oh, everything. I have my, I love my clients. I love the projects that I work on each, each case, even if it's contract after contract after contract, they're all different. It's Mm -hmm. challenging and it it makes me learn Mm -hmm. every time I look at the case and the new case. Mm -hmm. So uh, is there anything that really frustrates you? Like, is there anything that, you constantly get asked over yes, and over again. Yes, when like, oh, my no. clients don't do what I tell them to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not a controlling person, but, but there is a reason why I have so much knowledge and I can pass the knowledge to my client and yeah. help them out. and Just listen to me. <laughs> so if somebody wants to reach you, they just go to kelberglaw.com. Is that right? Yes. Um, yeah. That's okay. fine. There's my phone number also and my okay. email. I'll have it in the, in the <clears throat> notes. Um, what do you think is your greatest accomplishment as, a, as an attorney? There is now no such thing. It's like every time I help somebody, the project gets done properly because of my assistance mm-hmm. and because of my input. It's an accomplishment. Oh, that's going to feel really good when you yeah. when you feel that. Absolutely. Too. That's why I'm there. That's that's why I do my job. Yeah, it's got to feel good stepping back going, well, I helped that person get yeah. to this point or get a project finished. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, creatives, just probably because of my background, creatives have a special place in my heart. So I'm there to help the creatives you had stated that you're not an intellectual properties attorney you're entertainment law what's what's the difference between the two no no it's uh entertainment law involves a lot of intellectual property aspects intellectual property covers copyright trademark and patents so as an entertainment lawyer i'm not a pattern attorney 
as an entertainment lawyer was in the creative industry, mm-hmm. 99% of it has to do with copyright and trademark. Um, patterns is usually with design or more industrial and science. Okay. It's also it, it also has to do with the creative field, but more of a scientific with scientific basis. Do you have a difficult time explaining copyright to artists? Because I know people kept trying to talk to me, and I, I grasped mm. it pretty quickly. But there's some stuff I copyrighted that I never released, and you know, none of I ever heard it. And there's other stuff that you know I copyrighted because I was going to put it on a CD. But mm. do you do you run into Kind of like a roadblock with artists saying, well, why do I have to do this? You know, because when you find it, it costs, what does it cost now? $75 to register? for 10 and 65 for one. Yeah. So it, the, it was 25 when I first started or wow. 20. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's, um, you now you can list up to 10 works on one application and it's $85. But it, Listing all those works means that it has to be the same publication sta- status, whether mm-hmm. you're published or not published, same author or authors, same type of work. Like, for example, for music, there are two copyrights. And I mean, most musicians know or don't know, actually. Yeah, I've had cases when musicians did not know. Um, so you copyright composition and the sound. But if you have, like, for example, if you had composed, but you were not the one who recorded the composition and that recording studio is the one who owns the recording, the master. Mm -hmm. So it's separate application. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you cannot, under your name, you cannot register lyrics and sounds so it's just going to be lyrics yeah because the studio owns exactly yeah yeah that gets it's really... a different it's a different uh conversation what do you do mm-hmm. okay well what about somebody who's written a song but they're not going to release it should they still get it copyrighted i i do not recommend registering the works with the copyright office if you are not trying to release it, if you, if it's not going to be, um, in, in the public domain, if it's not going to be, pub- no, 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 don't say public. Oh no, no, <laughs> no public domain. I didn't no, say, don't that. say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Public domain. Oh, public is something, something, different. something different. You're right. Yes, yeah. Yes. I, I just so realized if it's that. not going to be publicized. Okay. Published. Yeah. Um, but at some point, if you, you know, everything that you had, created can be monetized and it's your asset. It has value to it. So if you are not going to publish your work, Mm -hmm. but you think someone else can be maybe your family, maybe your family members, if they at some point decide to monetize your work or sell it or do something yeah, with that. Yeah. It has to be re-registered with the copyright office. So there is a valid record that it is yours and it 
yeah. it becomes a part of the state. That's what I want to ask you. How come there's not more entertainment law attorneys? And, and there's only a couple here in oh, town. Locally, um, but there, <clears throat> I'm sorry, there are plenty. There are, are there really? Many attorneys around the country practicing entertainment law. Because but, I called one place, real big firm here in Cleveland. I said, do you have any... Uh, entertainment law attorneys are like oh sure let me put you through to bob and i get this guy on the phone and he just seemed to be like half-assing and i don't think he's really an entertainment attorney and i think there's some people that know the law mm-hmm. but do you have to be registered as an entertainment no, attorney i don't know okay. just need to know the it's it, it's a different industry than anything else mm-hmm. there are a lot of nuances related to the business of arts mm-hmm. a lot of nuances related to the specifics of the copyright mm-hmm. law that is applicable to arts yeah so it's the ownership it's um so it maybe i don't know maybe that person did not know those specifics and and also, the con- the contractual relationship uh-huh. within the world of arts, it's, uh, it's just another animal. <clears throat> no, I know what I wanted to ask you. I, I rephrased it in my head. Mm-hmm. Who should call you? Who is the ideal client that, she, that should call an, an employment attorney? I'm sorry, not an employment, entertainment attorney. It, it's hard for me to tell you. It's, I prefer just on the creator's behalf Mm -hmm. before you start monetizing, before you start publishing, before you start entering into different deals with Mm -hmm. other parties or entities and you already have a product that has been created, product, I mean work, tangible work Mm -hmm. talk to an attorney because you may make mistakes along the way when you enter into different deals. And so how could an artist, so you're saying basically an artist would benefit from working with someone like yourself to avoid the pitfalls right. of the entertainment world or the art world, things along those lines. Even if you don't have a contract yet, I'm just saying contract is, I'm just sure. Sure. Maybe it's just easier to come up with the hypothetical because there are a lot of contracts in the entertainment. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> entertainment industry law um, I will be able to assist at least with the re- letting you know what the red flags are or what to look out mm-hmm. for when you receive a deal or when you create your brand or when you create your website I will be able to tell you what to look out for, and mm-hmm. how how to be careful, how not to infringe on somebody else's rights, or how to keep your rights. A lot of people confuse trademark with copyright. No, this it's, it's a completely different it's two separate yeah areas. Okay, because I know a lot of people think, oh, I got my logo copyrighted, but that doesn't keep somebody from taking uh, it, right? Well, you can. You can copyright your logo as an image, but it has to be artistically designed. So mm-hmm. if it's 
if it's just some kind of sign that will not fit the artistic definition of the copyright office, mm -hmm. it may be rejected. Oh, uh, because I know the copyright protects creativity. So it has the logo that you want to send for the copyright needs to be creatively designed. <clears throat> so when I when I trademarked my Skating Bear logo, Skating Bear Studios logo, it was a long, arduous process, far different from a copyright. And it, um, I got somebody at the trademark office who was just work with me. Walked. I, I don't know how I found this person, but he walked me step through step. It cost a good amount of money too to get a trademark. Get a trademark. They yeah. wanted me to list the colors, mm -hmm. a written description of the logo, and it got very involved. And it, it got so overwhelming. I gave up on it at first, and finally, I just forced myself to finish it because I, I liked the name Skinny Bear Studios, and I thought, <laughs> boy, somebody could take that. But, um, but I imagine some people confuse that. I would think. Because I meet a lot of artists and they, they don't copyright anything. They don't copyright their paintings. They don't copyright their photographs. They don't, everything, you know, they've got things on ga galleries. They've got things on the right. internet. And, you know, somebody could take that and say, well, that's my photograph. So do you ever, like, today there's not technically um, a negative. The, de the negatives now are digital. Yeah. So if myself as a, a photographer. or uh... Yeah, well, I. I this is how I would think it would work. Like if mm -hmm. I had a photo, one of my photographs and I posted it on the, on the net and somebody sent him, called me and said, that's mine. Mm -hmm. I could show the history of the picture because right. my pictures that I publish don't ever, they're not, they're, they're edited in post. So could a photographer, should every photographer copyright their pictures if they're going to publish them? But here's the thing. I mean, you can show many different uh, aspects of evidence yeah. that you were there first, but if it's not registered with the copyright office, you uh, can't bring it to court. Well, you're right. Okay, you already said that. Yeah. So, so you're kind of out of luck if you didn't right. register it. Right. So the courts. I only want, but the courts are the courts aren't going to accept it. They won't take the case if it's unregistered. Ah, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening, copyright your work, especially if you're going to publish it in some format. So otherwise. You're going to lose. You're not even going to get it to court, right? So now with, with yeah. the internet being everywhere, what advice do you give to an artist that posts something that they're not quite certain if they can post it, whether it's, you know, can they post a clip from a movie? Can they post a song? You know, what, what should they, what should they air? air? <clears throat> yeah, I, I would be, I would advise to be careful with that. Um, Obviously, films, songs, um, they're registered with the copyright by, uh, by the production um, companies mm -hmm. or by the artists. Like, for example, if you post something on the YouTube or Instagram, they have a library that you can choose from, from their content that has that is pre-licensed content so you can pick material out of the library and if it apply, applies to <clears throat> to your content you can post it but if it is not pre-licensed and if it is not in the library youtube or instagram mm -hmm. you have mm -hmm. to have 
a permission sure. from the owner. And whoever the owner is, it could be a artist, it could be a publisher, um, it may not necessarily have to be the artist, him or herself, it could be different. It, the registration, the mm -hmm. copyright could be completely under a different name, like like I said, as a publisher. Or uh, if it's a film, um, if it's a clip from a film, then you would have to deal with the production company. Well, I notice a lot of people on YouTube will, will post something by... Uh, you know, a famous rock band and then they'll put in, in the description, this is for fair use or, or is it fair use or they make it sound like, well, I have a right to do this because I'm making a statement on, uh, you know, this film or a lot of it, like even I did it with an extra, I did a review of the, the release of the Beatles movie, get back. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, didn't say anything about fair use. It's not called fair use public, not public domain, but I'm, a lot of people do this thinking they have the right to take, like, I'm just used the Beatles. They'll take a Beatles video and post it. And then, and then they're, they're making commentary on it, but they really don't have the authority from the Beatles right. or Apple core to use this. Yeah. But they think they do. So do you ever run into people that are like, no, 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 you, you can't yeah, do this. Of course. Yes, Cause people yeah. don't seem to get that just because right. they put in the remarks. Yeah, it I'm, doesn't. It doesn't work. Doesn't protect them. <laughs> no. No, it makes it worse. Maybe. Uh, no, I would just advise against that. Okay. Uh, and in most cases, if you call me and if you ask me if you can post or not, most likely you can't. So you have that gut feeling that you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Wrong, yeah. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That the best best case scenario is just. To ask for the license. That's true. For the permission. Because I know I was working on a film, my my road to, road to forgiveness, and yeah. I had a scene from the Andy Griffith show that I wanted to have in the film, and I wrote to Paramount, and I got their licensing department, and they they answered me, but they didn't say I couldn't use it, but they didn't say I could. They just gave me a vague. Mm -hmm. They said. Um, well, we don't like how long this clip is or something or how you're making Otis Campbell look stupid. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I took it out. Yeah. You know, I just figured it, it wasn't worth safe. Yeah. Yes. But if they don't give you right, right out answer. Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Stay away. And the other thing is I get copyright strikes on my own music. So I'll post. There you go. I've, I, since it's distributed through. Yeah. Reverb Nation. Oh. And they, they put it out on YouTube. And then I put it on YouTube on one of my videos. They claim copyright ownership of it. Uh, yeah, that's it's been going on. And it's, I, it drives me crazy. I, I know. Then you have to contact the YouTube, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't have that many cases yeah. of, of that sort. But you have to contact YouTube and prove them that it is you. Yeah right that you the owner so i don't like to deal with that yeah it's, it's not it's not a legal matter <laughs> it's it's crazy yeah it's, i think it's more of a political matter than, more, than legal. More administrative yeah so. yeah exactly here yeah <laughs> if you if you want to get a hold of anna her website is kelberglaw.com and uh, she's got her phone number published on there. And do you want me to give you out your phone number here or do you just want people to find it? Uh, yeah, sure you can. She's here in Cleveland and her number is area code 216-287-9678. 
and just check out her her website is kelberglaw.com and she'll be glad to talk with you thank you thank you so much oh yeah thanks for being here you're listening to a mind revolution leading you out of the rabbit hole one grain of truth at a time Soundings in the channel of old England From hush and from sailing to steady For the deep-forest land we made Was a point called the dead man Next ramp's head off the mirrors Start forth land and wide We sailed then by beachy, by fairly And dungeness and bore straight away for the sun